You are listening to the Body Charge podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to the Body Charge podcast. Today's topic is technology for support of individual freedom as well as community. Technology can be an angel or a demon, depending on whether it supports human personal growth, happiness, and prosperity, or whether it is used for criminal activity or excessive overreaching government totalitarian control. For self-empowerment, people need personal freedom, which means we need tools to be free within the environment we live in and to connect safely with other like-minded people for trade and commerce, relationship building, mental health, and community support. Freedom allows us to be creative and happy. Entrapment and parasitic top-down control causes depression, excessive stress, causing magnesium deficiency and other health issues, and so on into a downward spiral. But my special guest today is technology entrepreneur Eric McHugh. He is the president of ShopX, Web3 e-commerce, and co-founder of Chief Growth Officer of Data Inc., an AI-powered matchmaking platform. In the past, he founded a SaaS platform that replaced affiliate codes for e-commerce brands, worked as a constant for Fortune 500 companies, helped Snap optimize their ad algorithm, and supported the research team at Carnegie Mellon University in their dark matter research. Sounds so fascinating. Um, I'm really happy to have you on board. Um, thank you for, for coming on the Body Charge podcast. My first question for you is, what is Web3 and why is it different? Sure. And honestly, thank you so much for having me. I'm blessed to be here. And I love what you just said. But in terms of Web3, I think it's important to go back to Web1 versus Web2. And then we can see what Web3 is and why it matters. So in Web1, I want you to think of read only. So in Web1, we could go online. We could read stuff online, which is fantastic. Web2, let's frame it as social media. So you can read and you can write. So let's use Instagram as an example. I can write content so I can create a post. And then you as a friend, follower, whomever, you can read my content. So you can view it, you can interact with it, you can like it, you can do what you will. The only issue is we don't own the content. In web, so if we don't own the content, Instagram can sell our data for nefarious purposes. They can go back and retroactively cancel you for whatever reason they want. Like, let's say, for example, we say something on this podcast, it doesn't fly 10 years down the line. They, they can, can censor can, it. They can censor us both. And if it's a link to our bank accounts, they can censor that as well. Oh, wow. So, so in Web3, it's read, write, and own. So not only can we write content and read content, but we own the content. And that vehicle is either cryptocurrency or NFT. So let's say hypothetically, I write myself an NFT collection. I gift you an NFT, you purchase it, somehow gets in your hands. Now there's a connection between me and you and no third parties can interfere. So my area of expertise is e-commerce. So if I'm a brand, I can write an NFT. You can own that NFT. I can add e-commerce value to your NFT in the forms of products, discounts, and real life events. And the cool thing is, since you own the NFT, I can't take it from you even though I created it. The government can't take it from you. Amazon or Instagram can't take it from you. It's your NFT to do what you will with it. Wow, this must be a big boon for any creator, artist, musician, anyone that that 
creates something from nothing um, and it becomes popular and valuable. So when they own it, they can keep their value. And that's a great concept. Not being So it's a con good concept, not losing it or thieves stealing it legally. I mean, sometimes, you know, nefarious organizations can do something which isn't technically illegal, but, you know, it's not right, is it? Yeah, <laughs> no, and if you're... And if you want to take this a bit further, let's say you're an artist, you're a musician, you're a sports star. There's a lot of predatory practices in terms of like agencies and just big companies like Ticketmaster taking 20 to 30% off what you've earned. But in this practice, the NFT creates a, it creates a bilateral stream of value between the creator and the consumer, thus eliminating the need for renting a middleman. So if you're an artist, I'm your fan. I enter, your, I go to your first show because I'm like, hey, I'm here to support. There's a connection between me and you. 20 years down the line, you're from stage Coachella. It's like, okay, these are my original fans. They were supporting me from day one. I can give you guys tickets. I can give you guys backstage passes. I can give you guys autograph merch because the relationship was formed between us and just us. Wow. And I think that must allow for a lot more deeper relationship building, more integrity. You know, you know who your customers are. And they know more about you as a supplier of whatever you supply and the integrity involved. And, you know, do, your word is your bond. And, you know, I, I, the promises you're making in your ads and your promotions, are they real or are they just generated by corporate AI? Um, the, the human element seems to me uh, an important factor in this Web3 that it, it, it enables it to be first and foremost at the front uh, in importance and relevance. Yeah, no, uh, the human the human factor is obviously really important. And I think that's something that's been a pet peeve of mine with this flood of AI content. Because I'm like, because I, I believe in energy, frequency, vibration. So I think every piece of work of art, every beautiful, like if you look at a beautiful building, it's like, oh, this is nice because of frequent, it's, it's a high frequency. If you look at a beautiful piece of art, it's high frequency. And the problem with AI generated content and copy is I think people can pick up when something's not real or when it's fake or when when there's no heart in it. And with this flood of AI content, it's like, okay, a lot of the stuff is fake right now. And we've seen brands with the NFT and, and is exactly like what you said. They were able to identify their super fans, like their core customers who love the brand. They creates then a deeper relationship with those core customers. And as a matter of fact, like uh, one of our first launches was with a company called the Mag Park and, He's a good guy. Like it's not like a corporate store. It's like a hometown shop in LA. He has a basketball hoop in the in like his store. So the kids come and play. It's like he's like a homie type of thing. So with his NFT collection, he's able to create like a three-tier collection. And there's a special place in his Discord channel for his pink vocal holders, which are his OG customers. And they talk with him. They 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 banter back and forth. They just talk about just they just joke around. Like they help with design. He's talking to them he's really just incorporating their opinion and they get extra they get a special like e-commerce rewards they get to go in real life events they gonna meet the guy it's a good it's a good scene it feels a lot more personal doesn't it yes, yes. Uh, i think i think that's the point because entities and i think they're an excellent community building tool and i think community is something that unfortunately in this world today i think human relationships I think they're bound to improve, but I think right now there's a lot of room for improvement in terms of real communities, real relationships and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I think 
uh, a human being needs uh, community, needs relationship um, with others. And the disconnect or the isolation of a human being determines the degree of disease um, that progresses because when we don't feel connected, everything in the body starts to break down because we're electrical beings and we connect with other people, I think, electrically. Um, that's why when you're face-to-face -face or you're talking to someone directly, you can feel that energy in that space. And, you know, without even words, um, people have an influence on one another, but good or bad, um, you know, you, you can have so individuals that are, let's call them with a certain mental illness, maybe psychopaths, or someone who is very disconnected from humanity um, doing bad things, they, they need to do it under a disguise, don't they? They need to pretend to be somebody else. And you look at the pedophilia uh, issue on the planet, um, they they have to do it in darkness where no one can see and they have to be pretend to be somebody friendly and nice and you know everything is so fake. So if we can get... A, more degree of honesty in how we communicate on the planet with other people, I think will bring people together. Um, not so much war and contempt. And, you know, the fear mongering is all about what you don't know and the monsters that you that are created in your mind. When you get to know people on the other side of the planet, they're just people. They're yeah. real people like I, you. I, I think honestly, and I have an interesting point on this, and I think everyone is just genuinely trying to do their best most people are friendly most people are just trying to live their lives so i read everything in terms of like energy frequency vibration so like there's a scale so like if when you say you're sad you're just saying i vibrate at this frequency when you're saying you're happy you vibrate at this frequency all that stuff so shame is the lowest so that shame would be 30 and anger fear hate um all those strong emotions they vibrate at roughly below 200 and in that range, that's when the people are most easily controlled. So that's why if you log into social media, if you log on to news, that's why fear is always being pushed. Anger is like hate is always being pushed, even though I don't think there's that much out there in the world. It's because when someone's scared, they're easy to control. I think COVID was a prime example of that. The good news is when you're above 200, that's when you're giving energy to people. Below 200, you're taking energy. So like when you, I, I think positive and negative energy are both contagious. Like when you're around a negative person, it's yeah. kind of sticky. And but at yeah. the same time, when you're around a positive person, it's like, oh, that was great. So I think as a collective, we just recently passed over 200. So I think things are going to get better rather than worse going forward, despite what's being pushed so aggressively. Yes, we need to be more discerning and we need to believe that we can do this. Um, because when you look at the world, it seems like sometimes oh, it's problems are too big because what am I going to do as one individual person? But you know, that's where it really happens. Individual by individual, taking back their power by believing that they can make a difference just by their own little circle of influence. And then that's, as you said, catchy. That catches on to the person next to them and whoever they interact with. And then we are buoyed, we are lifted by um, what we see in other people that's working and that's working well. And that encourages it us and gives us hope that we can do it too so this connection with other humanity is really important in a protected environment in a safe environment where we're not dealing with fakes and where we can be discerning um, so it's really interesting that you've also developed a data um, in program so an 
a dating agency app um, because my my son who's finding it difficult to find a girlfriend with who is like-minded because um, he's joined the other standard dating apps and half of them are AI. <laughs> yeah, there, there's it's bot city. There's so many bots. Yeah. yeah, it's not working. Like I'm 65 and in and, and the days where I was, you know, out looking for a mate, um, it would all be face-to-face. It would be in groups, in, you know, um, meetup environments, uh, social environments, social get-togethers. And you got a chance to really get to know that person before even a thought would creep in. Oh, well, like, you know, he's good looking or she's, you know, pretty attractive. It, it, sometimes we can just flick past a picture too quickly and we don't really get the real person behind that face until we get a chance to talk to them and meet them and really get to know who they are. So this is a problem I see with the standard dating apps how is yours different? Oh, so it's it's I would say it's the opposite of Tinder. So I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Dating apps have three big. I mean, they have tons of problems. They have three big ones I like to go over. So the first one is the top five percent of the users get access to pretty much everyone on the app, and this creates a very skewed marketplace. The second problem is it's let's be real it's a superficial app it's like hot or not are they attractive yes are they not attractive no no one really goes into the profile and like you said the profile can be easy faked it can be bots the third issue actually lies with the incentives of the app so all the apps like tinder like they're all owned by match.com so whatever a dating app reaches around a million dollars big match comes in they try to buy them out so this creates a monopoly in the space and just think about it logically if tinder were to match a happy couple that happy couple then goes off tinder Tinder then loses a paying customer, matches shareholders lose a paying customer. So this is why, so what they rely on is something called churn marketing. So they need people just coming back and forth. So this is why people often delete the app, download the app again, delete the app, download the app again, delete the app, download the app again. So dating is the opposite of that. So what we would do. And so the incentive helps... needs to be in happy endings, right? Correct. <laughs> So dating is the opposite of that. So what we would do is we would create a, we'd auto generate a profile for you based on your digital footprint and then give you matches based on their digital footprint with the goal of putting users in the position to succeed. Because I agree, I think I think for a date to actually, like it has to go offline at some point. Like you can't just talk all day online. You have to meet them face to face. You have to yeah. feel their energy. You have to feel their vibe. But we want to put them in the position to succeed from that. So let's say hypothetically, I get three matches, Ashley, Kimberly, Jane. I'm like, okay, Jane seems cool. Tell me more. Oh, she's the youngest in her family. You're the oldest. You make it together or that may work. Oh, she's into national parks based on Instagram. Oh, she went to a four university based on her LinkedIn. Oh, she follows this person on Pinterest that you also like. Oh, did you know Jane and you both follow this one obscure artist on Spotify? Oh, did you know this artist has a concert coming up in a month? Would you like me to suggest that date with Jane? It suggests the date with Jane. We get together in real life and hopefully it goes well. But the cool thing is, let's say it didn't, um, it didn't mention that we the the Spotify thing, but that's still in the background and it still made the match based on that. So that that could come up organically with me and Jane. So it's putting the users in the position to succeed. And the cool thing is, I think everyone's into different things. Like you can't you can't put everyone in the box. Like some people like the opposite, some people like the same, some people like literally everything in between. So it's probably going to start off showing with like, okay, similar matches. But let's say I say no, 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 no. Cupid will get, hey, it's getting smart. This person doesn't like the same type of person. 
let's try the opposite. And then it would judge from there. So it's the opposite of Tinder in the sense the longer you're on Tinder, the more likely you're going to stay on Tinder. For Because, us, the longer you're well, on the app, the smarter it gets. So the likely, more likely you are to match with someone. it's learning, it's learning. Yeah. Because, you know, opposites attract. Sometimes you look at couples and you go, well, how can they be together? But, you know, they have a really good relationship um, and others are a little bit more like each other. Um, so, you know, it can happen both ways. So how do you actually design an algorithm that covers all those bases? It's just a it's just a learning experience. So the longer, like when it first launches, right now we're in the beta phase in the sense we have a so we built out the app with test data. So it's at its core, AI is based on it's based basically pattern recognition. So whatever the most people want, that's what it'll do at first. But then it'll switch up and it'll learn based on the individual desire. So it'll have a base algorithm and then it'll branch off on each individual use case and then take it from there. But that that's gonna be a fun thing to do. The more the more people we have on that, the more people interactions. the better it'll get. So does it also learn on a um, broad population basis, like statistically? Statistically, these kinds of matches have worked better than others. Does it learn, um, you know, from a population basis, like a It'll whole be, bunch of people? it, it'll be able to do that. And then from there it can function as a dating coach as well. So let's say hypothetically the Jane and I example work out. Um, it could be like, okay, you guys haven't been out of the house in three months. We may I suggest this date. Um, the place you, the place you went, the place like you have kids. It's like the place Get we a recommend bunch this. of flowers, go out to dinner, you know, Yeah. coaching. Oh, oh, oh! Your your wife just added this cool jewelry thing on Pinterest. It's it's her birthday coming up soon, <laughs> dude. Don't mess this up. Here's a here's a softball type of thing. oh, that's So it, nice. yeah. Introducing a bit of humor sounds like a good idea as well. Makes it a bit more fun, doesn't it? It always does. Humor is always, always good. So what about the security of a woman, for instance, and she's, she goes out on a date um, and this fellow's been pretending to be someone he's not and then has nefarious things in mind and then she's not safe in that environment when they date. Um, how, does, how does a woman protect herself from, uh, you, know, know, you know, like in business, know your customer, know your supplier, Uh, there's a big emphasis on authenticity um, and, uh, yeah, not being fake. How, how do you overcome that with your program? Yeah, so I think, and we do our best to help with that. But in the end, I think everyone has to practice discernment. She has to be able to tell this person's not being authentic. But that being said, we're trying to do our best to do that. So we are way better than normal dating apps. For example, Tinder. Anyone, I could create a, I can create a profile from like a, like a six foot five long guy. I just pull six six photos from Yeah, the internet yeah. and just completely make that up. With our dating You, service, you see it all the time on Facebook. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With with our dating Stolen service. photos. Since we pull from so many different sources, it's harder to fake that as well. And on top of that, with our dating service, we're going to have the option for a of like a in-app call or a VR date too. And we also have a karma system in place. So like if someone's behaving well, let's say someone's polite, they're going on dates, people like them, they're interacting, they're not, they're not being rude or anything. They get a higher karma score where if someone's fake, well, they would get booted. But if someone's like being rude, they're ghosting. They're not they're not respecting other people in the ecosystem they get a lower karma score so the higher karma scores will match the lower karma scores won't match and of course since we are pulling all their social <clears throat> since we are pulling all the social media and like like you mentioned earlier when you were going out you kind of know the people who you're going out with okay it's like okay 
this this guy um I know her sister like a friend of a friend her it's, sister it's so like, like they're verified <laughs> yeah so we we can verify that with the group so if they are going out with a guy they should be able to see like okay I've never met him before but my brother's friend is friends with him on Facebook yeah. can you ensure that she's, so you can social map so can you ensure that he's like a real person and not that so we provide I would say because I've seen Just with my, a fake identity yeah yeah so we we want to help the because I know girls girls love their detective work. We want to help with the the sleuthing that that happens. So they want to learn more about the date and just kind of confirm that he's safe, confirm he has a real job, confirm all that. We want to put them in the position to do so because I think safety, honestly, safety and comfort are probably the, are very important. It's very important also for kids who are surfing online. You know, yeah. they're also very vulnerable to predators. Um, so so the Web3 platform sounds like a pretty good thing for our future. How do you see it integrating with what we already have? How will it start to be the more dominant thing available? So when it's when it's fully available, we'll all be using the background and no one will be no one will know that you're using it. So you'll be able to take out your phone, tap your phone, claim an e-commerce benefit, and move on with your merry day. Right now, where it's not very adoptive for two main reasons. The first is incentive. So, for example, there's no real incentive for most people to interact with the crypto or Web3 space. ShopX is trying to help that because we're offering e-commerce incentives with NFTs to help people on board into the technology. And once they're on board, it's a zero to one situation where they can learn at, at their will. The second issue is user interface. So, like, I wouldn't send my mother and my grandmother to a Web3 platform just because it's kind of clunky. It doesn't work. It, there's a big technical gap that you have to learn but that's where the beauty of web3 is so web3 is composable meaning it, it functions off the compound inches of software so like you solve a problem once you build off of that so where we're at in web3 right now is like the major brands like nike nba sephora like all, all the major brands they have their they dip their toes in the water but they haven't jumped all in like for example when nike goes all in they have the resource they have the incentive but more importantly the resources to make a seamless customer experience for their customers. Like Nike is not going to send their customers to a terrible customer experience. Once Nike gets in, right. the rest of the, the, the rest of the space knows how they build off of that. And on top of that, once Nike gets in like Reebok, Adidas, they all have to get in. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a gradually then suddenly type movement. And then after that suddenly movement, it all just evens out and it's just in the background. Yeah. So for the average everyday person, they just need to slip in there and not much changes with how they got used to using the internet and various programs, there'll be a similar way to operate it um, because everything's going on technically in the background. They don't need to know about. Exactly. And that, and if it doesn't go that way, it won't succeed, to be honest. Yes, it has to be user-friendly. Everything we make and do, every product we sell really has to be the most user-friendly it can be. And that's a key to success. Uh, ease and convenience because we we supply electromagnesium products um i created it uh Ooh. the the business in 2009 because it's a transdermal way of absorbing magnesium which is easier because you don't have to digest anything and it goes in very quickly uh, and so the element of ease convenience efficacy um everything came together plus it's all natural with no chemicals uh seemed to tick all the boxes and it's been working really really well but 
if we were to have done something which is complex and takes too much time and effort, even, you know, soaking in magnesium and having baths and foot soaks, initially people are very enthusiastic and they put the work and time and effort in. They get a bit lazy or busy and, and they just let it go and then you don't get your daily magnesium. So making it convenient is like essential, isn't it? Oh, so I love magnesium. So I take it in the pill form as your product. So is it's like a patch or something? How does that work? It's a cream, a lotion, or a spray. So there are different oh. strengths depending on what you need and everything from every age, from babies to elderly. So it depends on skin type. So basically the, the, the thinner or more fragile or sensitive the skin, the more fat you need oh. it, it wrapped up with that magnesium. Um, if you have a sweaty, oily, thicker skin, then you could probably get away with just spraying the magnesium on because your own body produces enough oils and fats. And then there's a whole shade, lots, lot of shades of spectrum in between of different skin types, different oil levels, different ages. Uh, and because you need the fats for absorption because the skin is lipophilic. So it loves the fats. And the byproduct is you get great skin as well. Oh, nice. It's anti-aging in a yeah. natural way. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. I love that project. That's that's really cool that you built it. I'm sure it adds great value to all your customers. Yeah. Maybe... I'm looking forward to, you know, Web3 becoming bigger. And, you know, we, we then can offer um, a better level of, you know, security um, when people are shopping. And, um, you know, ease of use is always important. Um, yeah. It, it's a matter of getting out products into the world you know we're only a little company but um we we reach all over the world we have customers everywhere thanks to the internet <laughs> yeah and customer reviews they, oh, yeah. they yeah, help a lot yeah that's awesome but um thank you very much for that little insight into what's coming and you know i, I think it makes people very hopeful the good things are happening too not all the time the bad news <laughs> yeah this is a bombardment but honestly Thank you so much for having me. I, I truly do appreciate it. I'm grateful. So when people want to find out more, where where should they go to connect with you or see what you do? So the best if you're interested in Web3 e-commerce, the best place would be shopx.co, S-H-O-P-X dot C-O. If you're interested in the AI-powered matchmaker, it'd be dataing.io, so D-A-T-A-I-N-G dot I-O. And if you just want to talk, because my overall intention is to be as helpful as possible, so if any questions, just want to talk, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, Eric D. McHugh, E-R-I-C-D-M-C-H-U-G-H. Excellent. We'll also put that at the bottom of the YouTube text under the under the video. And uh, yeah, so you have a great day. And I'm, I'm looking forward to another conversation in the future with an update on what you're doing. Likewise. And honestly, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you like this conversation and will share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge and recover.